it is time again for the Bright Spot Hour. I'm your radio preacher, Ben Carper. We appreciate all of you for listening to the Bright Spot Hour again today. And without our faithful listeners, the Bright Spot Hour broadcast would not be a possibility. Bonnie Magaha, the beautiful organ, Naomi Kelly at the piano. I'm certain you will enjoy the music they will provide for us today. To begin the Bright Spot Hour, Bonnie will be playing at the beautiful organ, What a Glad Reunion Day. so much, Bonnie. I'm certain that many of you enjoyed that, and that'll be a wonderful reunion day. You and I are looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and when the Lord Jesus returns in clouds of glory, you and I will have blessed reunion with mother and dad, son and daughter, brother and sister, grandmother and granddad, and old acquaintance, as the songwriter said. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 gave us these wonderful words. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That'll be a wonderful day. Now this brings us to prayer time. And I hope that if you have the opportunity, you would bow your head and close your eyes for a moment and pray along with us. Our Father, we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee for the privilege of making prayer unto a sympathizing Savior and a great high priest at the Father's right hand that is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We thank Thee that our Lord is sympathetic to our plight in this life, the loneliness of our heart while we are separated from loved ones. And there are many, Lord, that are there with Thee in paradise now, rejoicing in Thy glory and in Thy presence. And our hearts do long to be reunited with them again. And Father, I thank Thee that Thou dost understand that. And in Thy great appointed hour, Thou wilt send Jesus Christ and he'll rapture the church, we that are alive and remain, out of this vile world. The dead in Christ will get up, and there'll be great reunion. And we're looking forward to that glorious day. And I pray thee, Father, while we are here, that thou wouldest help us and enable us to occupy faithfully at the job we have at hand. May the Son of God be glorified by our efforts. And for all that you do, 
will be very careful to bow before thy presence to give thee the glory and honor. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. I appreciate the opportunity to bow before the Lord and make prayer and thank you, those that have prayed with us. Today, Naomi Kelly with us in the studio playing I'm Redeemed. Thank you so much to the late Naomi Kelly and also the late Bonnie McGaha. So glad to have them with us and their wonderful music on the Bright Spot Hour during the days of this week. I appreciate each and every one of you that are hearing the Bright Spot Hour. And I'll give my text to you in just a few moments and we will continue our study in the inerrant and the infallible Word of God. We greet our listeners today from WNEA in Douglasville, Georgia, WIOP in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, WZYN in Valdosta, Georgia. The Bright Spot Hours, work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable this door of radio broadcasting to remain open. I make that statement every day because it is a statement of fact. The Bright Spot Hour is entirely listener-supported. I depend upon the Lord. I bring my case to God's people, my listeners, and I trust the Lord to so bless and enable you that you would be able to stand with us and help us as we labor in the gospel of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. During the month of March, I make available to you my late grandfather's sermon, number 52, on the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon. Now this is the battle that will close the tribulation period. This is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ as he returns in power and in great glory. There are so many things that are transpiring. You realize that uh, United Nations Agenda 2030, that's just uh, six years from now, by 2030 is warning the whole populace to have a digital ID, uh, the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell without it. You can't bank without it. I mean, all of these things are right before us. 
And I think it's important for you and me to understand the age in which we live, to understand the Bible from which we read, and to recognize these things eminently before us. The Battle of Armageddon, I'll send the sermon to you on a compact disc. They are $10. I also make available the most popular sermon my late grandfather ever brought, Can God? This was brought on a Sunday night, May of 1973. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I'd be thrilled to send a copy of this good sermon to you. It is yours for a gift of $10. I also make available the commentary on First and Second Corinthians, a 303-page, verse-by-verse, line-by-line commentary in which my grandfather deals with every verse and every chapter in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Allow me the honor of putting this good book, beautiful green cover, gold lettering, perfect binding, stiff back paperback, handy uh, to the size to hold in your hand. Very well done. I think that you'd be pleased to have a copy of this. They are $20 postage paid to your door. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, all lowercase, drbencarper at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, Facebook, X, and YouTube. Now your Bibles are open with me, please, to Hebrews 12. And verse number four, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons, for what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. I've been dealing in recent days with the human aspect of the matter of sanctification. We have seen that every born-again believer has what we call positional sanctification. We understand that in the Bible. Uh, we are no longer in Adam, but in Christ. We belong to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the matter of, of, of uh, positional sanctification that every believer enjoys. But then there's a human side of the matter of sanctification as well. We have seen that this is produced by faith in the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have seen that this is produced by the Word of God. 
We have seen that this is produced by a complete dedication of life. We saw that on yesterday. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Today, I want to deal with the matter of divine discipline. We call this, in the Bible, chastisement. Again, Paul stated to the Hebrew believers, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. Now, the born-again believer becomes a partaker of the holiness of God through this matter of chastisement. Now, in the matter of chastisement, there is the matter of admonition. There is also the area of discipline and child training. In verse number 5, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth. Now, apparently in the text in verse number 6, the matter of chastisement and the matter of scourging are not the same. They are not identical. There are times when chastisement will take on the manner of scourging, but not all chastisement falls into the area of scourging. All chastisement is rooted in the matter of love. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Then in verse number 7, we have another interesting statement that is, uh, uh, you can't improve, let me just say this, frankly, you cannot improve on the reading and the wording of a King James Bible. In verse 7, for if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons, for what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. And I understand that statement to carry with it the idea that there are some men that are just not going to take the admonition and the child training of a father. And there are some believers that are just simply not going to take uh, the area of admonition and growth in the grace of God and, and uh, chastisement. They're not going to take the area of admonition. Now, are they saved or lost? Will you be the judge of that? I don't have access to the Lamb's Book of Life. And there's some of these things that I really feel as though I have no purview to enter into. That some of these things are truly are bigger and, uh, and higher than, than my capacity to understand. They are beyond my capacity to comprehend. It might be that a son that refuses to take the admonition of a father, 
may pack his bags and leave home. And at that point, the father, though he is genuinely the offspring of the man, the, 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 the child, the man would be treated as a bastard and not a son because there, there is no uh, familial relationship. There is no relationship between the father and the son. You do realize that all bastard children are the father of, or the son rather, of some man. All orphan children, all bastard children, did not spontaneously generate. They all have a human father. But the reason the Bible identifies them as bastards and not sons is because the father-son relationship is broken. There is no father-son relationship. And the father-son relationship carries the idea of admonition and child training and chastening and on some occasions scourging. I appreciate my mother and dad. I was reared in a Christian home for which I am extremely grateful. And I stand before you now, a, a middle-aged man. I'm getting to the end of middle age. And I've never had a drop of alcohol in my body, in my life. I've never taken any kind of dope. Um, I, I, I pay my bills. My name is good. I have good credit down at the bank if I need to borrow money. I, I was uh, raised and chastened. I was admonished as a young man to meet my appointments, to not over-obligate myself, to obligate myself to those things that I'm able to fulfill and what I cannot fulfill, don't obligate myself. I was trained to meet your appointments. My dad, when I began selling real estate 30 years ago, admonished me when you said an appointment, you meet it. If you're on time, you're five minutes late. If you're five minutes early, you're on time. And, and I appreciate that. My mother made me take piano lessons when I was six, and I really didn't want to take piano lessons, but I'm grateful today that my mother made me do that because uh, music has been a part of my life all of my life, and, and I appreciate the blessing that music has been to me and the blessing people that play music have been to me. I would not be around these people had my mother not, at six-year-old, made me take music lessons. My mother made me read my homework assignments as a boy when I had rather had been outside playing and uh, uh, throwing a ball and playing with my dog. And yet my mother made me sit and read. And because of that, I learned to read. I, I think I can read well. I, I learned to read. I learned something about U.S. history and something about math and something about accounting and something about business math in all of the classes that, that uh, I was required to take. My grandfather gave me so many words of advice. We call them admonition. And I tried to, to put those things into practice. I tried to employ those things. I'm, I'm talking about right down to uh, something as, as mundane as shining my shoes and wearing a belt. Um, I never will forget my grandfather and Dr. Lee Robertson 
talked to me about how a man should wear a suit of clothes. And I never will forget one time, uh, a Dr. Ralph Horn came up to me and I had the bottom button on my coat buttoned. I had both the top and the bottom button buttoned. And he unbuttoned the bottom button on my coat. And he said, you always leave the bottom button unbuttoned. That's proper decorum. You leave the bottom button on your vest unbuttoned. You leave the bottom button on your coat unbuttoned. If you have functional button holes on the sleeves of your coat, you leave the bottom button unbuttoned. I didn't rebuke Dr. Horn for doing that. He was old enough to be my father at that time. Uh, I took his admonition and I have practiced that ever since. I never will forget a man came up to me one time when I was 16 years old. And if I had to call this man's name, uh, uh, if, I had to, if I had to pick him out out of a lineup, I couldn't do it. I have no idea who the man was. But he approached me one time. We were talking about the Bible. He made this comment that I have never forgotten. He said, your Christian life will never be as effective as it should be if you are not a daily Bible reader. You must read the Bible every day. And then later, Dr. Manley, Jack Manley, about 10 years later, approached me and he said, Ben, you need to read the Bible Genesis to Revelation. I was already reading the Bible. Uh, I'd been doing that for 10 years. And he said, you need to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis to Revelation, over and over. And become familiar with the book as a whole unit. Become familiar with the Bible as a unit, as it's canonized from Genesis to the Revelation. I had practiced that since I was 26 years old. That was a word of admonition. All of that falls into the area of chastisement. I could have told the man when I was 16 years old, look, I'm a good Christian. I don't need to read the Bible. I could have rebuked my grandfather and Dr. Lee Robertson about something as mundane as, as wearing a belt and, and shining my shoes. And I, I could have rebuked Dr. Jack Manley and said, no, I'll read the Bible by my own schedule. I'm not interested in what you have to say to me. And I could have fussed and rebelled against my mother over my music lessons and making me read my history lessons out loud to her from the textbook. But all of those things fall into the area of chastisement. Now, I think that there are uh, believers and they will, their lives will never amount to a whole lot. As certainly, they will never amount to what they could have amounted to, to the glory of God. Because of this simple matter here of chastisement, they will not allow the Bible to discipline their lives. They will not allow the instruction of the Scripture to have a permanent and lasting effect on their life and a lasting effect on their conduct. They refuse to be uh, admonished or chastened by the Scriptures. Well, if that is the case, and they rebel and kick against the pricks, then in this matter of practical sanctification, there will be a, a something lacking because they refuse to be submissive to the divine discipline of the inerrant and the infallible Word of God. Now, my time has gotten away from me on the program today. The Lord willing, I'll be back again on the program tomorrow. 
and I hope that you'll hear the Bright Spot Hour at that time. God richly bless you. This has been the Bright Spot Hour, transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. Send correspondence to the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson inviting you to hear the Bright Spot Hour again tomorrow. Same time, same station, same gospel. Hello.